0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to This Week in the ACC. I'm one of your podcast co hosts, Jeff, and my Twitter account is at Talkin' Sports. Uh, the podcast co host and moderator is at ASD underscore hokey Smash. Uh, Matthew, can you, uh, when you're online, let me know if I got that correct? I know you've changed that recently. Uh, so I'm going to turn it over to Matthew now as he introduces our guest.
1: You absolutely nailed it, Jeff. Happy New Year. Do we, do we see I I see the ACC basketball report. Michael Hunter has joined the room. Do we see him live with us, Jeff?
0: Uh, yes, I, I see Michael, but he's not uh, here as a speaker. So, Michael, if you can hear us, I am going to send you
1: an invite where you'll be able to speak. So, and yes, you did nail it, Jeff. This is the this is the longest running independent ACC podcast in the country. This is the All Sports Discussion ACC podcast. I'm your moderator. This is Matthew. You can follow me on Twitter at ASD underscore hokey Jeff nailed it. The site Twitter account is at all sports d Jeff's Twitter account is at talk acc sports happy new year everyone and this week we have a great return guest on the show and michael hunter who runs the acc basketball report site and he has a great podcast associated with that site you can follow michael on twitter at, at accbr1 michael welcome back before we start is there anything at all that you want to plug the floor is yours friend welcome back
2: hey guys i appreciate you having me back uh, it's been a while uh nothing nothing really new to plug, I guess. I uh I do have a new uh Twitter handle that I did create just for tweeting out my uh <clears throat> my articles. I'm a contributor to MyBookie and BetUS as as well as many other sites. Um that handle is at tease the dog d-a-w-g <clears throat> on Twitter. And that the sole purpose of that handle is is just to get my work out there and make it easily accessible for for all the different sites that I've, that I've become associated with so uh give me a follow there and uh if you're a if you're a better for college basketball uh we're having a pretty good season over there so far so uh, give me a follow and let's make some money
1: and if you could repeat that twitter account for us please so our listeners get it
2: it's uh tease the dog dog is spelled d-a-w-g
1: great great so let's get to a question here matt i'm gonna start out with a homework question how do you feel about virginia tech at this point should Hokie fans be panicking because i see a lot of them falling off the cliff
2: you know i was of the opinion that uh that virginia tech was probably the fourth best team in the acc early on i love padula um i think you know obviously the biggest situation they have right now is injuries uh having to play justin mutts at the three as well as kind of a point forward position is not really what they want to be running and when they get Hunter Couture back, you know, he's a defensive wizard. He's a knockdown shooter. He's a leader on this team that allows Coach Young to, to play this, the style that he wants with those three guards, and then he put Mutz back at the forward position where he belongs. Um, you know, that he was available, I guess, this weekend, or they thought he was going to be available, but then Coach Young said that That both he and Rodney Rice, who we actually haven't seen this season, both suffered setbacks. I think on Wednesday they released that statement. So, you know, looking at their schedule coming up, you you know, loses a four in a row. Couture's been out for three of those games. I believe he got hurt in the Boston College game. But I just, until he comes back, these guys are getting a lot of minutes, uh, kind of playing Ironman basketball right now. So, the The longer he stays out, the worse it's going to be for Virginia Tech. I don't know if they can have any kind of sustained success without him. And then Rice is a four-star, uh, four-star kid that you know they could really use for depth purposes. So I don't know if it's time to panic unless their injuries keep them out for an extended period of time. I still think we're only about halfway through the season, so I think that. There's still time for them to build that resume. I do like some of their out of conference wins that they were able to land. So I think that their resume for the tournament is pretty good, but they need those guys back so they can they can be at full strength.
1: And I think that's a very good point. And I I, I think a lot of people need to realize that it's gonna take a while for Rodney Rice, if he comes back here, to get into game shape.
2: Sure, sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you know, it's 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 you see it well, with all the freshmen, the, specifically freshmen in the ACC. I think you know Virginia always brings in solid you know talent out of high school. But those guys, it takes a long time to adjust from the high school prep level to the college basketball level. And then you're in the ACC playing against Hall of Fame coaches and some of the best players in the nation. It's going to take some time. So they're really going to want to get him back. But you got to make sure he's ready and healthy, so he doesn't aggravate anything or or re-injure himself but you want him back with a few games left in the season just so he can get caught up
1: definitely definitely great responses great answers there Jeff you're up
0: all right thanks Matthew um Michael let's look you know we're, we're starting to near the halfway point of the season but we're early in conference season so we want to get some early season awards from you and uh We've got four of them I want to go through, starting with which ACC team has impressed you the most so far?
2: I think the, the easiest answer would be Clemson, but I'm going to go a different way. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with Miami. I didn't really know what to expect with this crew um, coming into this season. Uh, the Arkansas State uh, Center is, is a rebounding machine, but I'd never really seen him play. Um, Harlan Beverly has kind of disappointed throughout his career, but Isaiah Wong is also one of my favorite players in the nation. So I think Miami has really kind of opened some eyes. Of course, you know, the loss on Wednesday night to Georgia Tech is, is obviously disappointing, but they're four and one in the conference. They're sitting at the top of the conference or near the top of the conference. They have wins over Providence, UCF, Rutgers, um, you know, NC state, and of course the big win over Virginia. So, uh, you know i i like this this team a lot I like their talent a lot i like their guards um jordan miller is you know an undersized four but he plays all over the court he's a fantastic watch so i'm gonna go with the hurricanes and they have a proven coach in laranega who can hopefully lead them deep into the tournament come march
0: all right on the other side which acc team has uh disappointed the most
2: uh you know it's difficult to say. The easy answer, again, would be Louisville, but it's not Louisville because we didn't really expect much from them. I'm going to have to go with North Carolina. I think it's got to be North Carolina. This Tar Heel club came into the season as the clear favorite to win the national championship, and they just really haven't looked far. And, you know, now they're starting to get it together. I think they're at 11-5 and five right now. But, you know, they have the best player in the conference, in Armando Bacon, who's a double-double machine. And I, I just – they're playing down to their competition. Um, I- kind of railed on them early in the season because they didn't get a lot from their, from their, uh, from their bench, but they're starting to turn that around as well. Um, Dunn had a pretty good game yesterday against uh, Notre Dame. I think that, um, Seth Trimble is really coming into his own as well. Puff Johnson hit some big shots yesterday. And then, you know, you got guys like Tyler nickel who doesn't get a lot of run, but I think there's, there's certainly some talent there. So, you know, if they get everybody healthy, get everybody on the same page, um, and and get some more contributions from their bench. I think North Carolina ultimately will be fine and is probably primed for a Final Four run. But at eleven and five and just three and two in the conference, it's 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 been disappointing so far. But I think this, they're going to be okay in the long run.
0: All right. Um, who do you have as the ACC Player of the Year at at this point?
2: Oh, without a doubt, it's Armando Bacot. Uh, the guy's a walking double double. I mean, regularly getting. 20 points and anywhere between 11 and 15 rebounds. He, he's just so difficult to keep off the offensive glass. He's big. He's quick. Apparently, he's very focused this year. I think he's absolutely running away with the ACC Player of the Year award right now.
0: Okay, and then who do you have as the ACC newcomer of the year at the midpoint?
2: There's there's a couple guys I really like Basili at Virginia Tech. I think he was the the, the perfect replacement for Aluma. But I got to go with uh, Tyree Appleby of Wake Forest. A guy that, you know, started out at Cleveland State is now putting up almost 18 points a game in the ACC. You know, he's certainly got the experience factor down as he started playing college basketball way back in 2017. So he's got a few tricks up his sleeve. He's an absolute dead eye from deep this year, shooting over 46% from the three-point running. And, you know, um, Florida State, I don't know Florida State, Wake Forest is an interesting team. But, uh, you know, with, with Appleby at the point, he's got some real firepower on the perimeter. Steve Forbes is maybe his... Uh, is coming out of year when it gets to the ACC tournament as well as the NCAA tournament.
0: All right, great stuff there. Um, we're gonna call this next question our ACC hot seat edition, <laughs> and uh, I'm I'm really curious to hear your answers here because two of the coaches that came into the season, you know, I think on the hot seat, Brad Brunel and and Jeff Capel, mm-hmm. uh, you know, were were playing a undefeated matchup on Saturday and. And you mentioned Clemson. You know now they're five and zero in the ACC. Uh, Cable just has the one loss. They've they've got. Uh, if I'm trying to remember, three or four Q one wins. You know they're mm-hmm. looking pretty good. So I'm 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 really curious to hear who you are. Your top three coaches on the hot seat are.
2: Well, I you know I I think it's interesting because Brownell is not very popular amongst his own fan base. Um, and but. The only way to remedy that is to win, and right now he's five and zero. Now, they haven't played a really rough schedule as far as the ACC goes this year, but hey, five and zero is five and zero right now. They're at the top of the standings. Uh, I I do think that Capel is still on the hot seat at Pitt. I'm not sure that I'm really buying this Pitt team, but uh, again, you know, all you can do is win games, and and you'll kind of turn around. But you look at you know their loss earlier this year to Vanderbilt. That's a that's a bad look, even though it was on the road. To, is on this list i am interested to see you know how they play against duke in the upcoming week uh then they have to travel to atlanta to georgia tech which is a crapshoot you never know who's going to show up for, for georgia tech and that leads me to other than capel and brownell i, I gotta say Passner is on the hot seat he has to be um he's had one good year basically um that was you know they won the acc championship for the first time in whatever it was 26 years or something like that but you can't just, you know, one good year in seven, it, it doesn't wash out all the bad. These guys, for a long time, Georgia Tech was was a very good play against the spread when you're talking about wagering. And even that has, has begun to turn a little bit. They have 39, I believe, home losses, which is the most in the ACC um, since Pastner took over. I, I just The only thing about Passner is he has a little bit of job security because Georgia Tech doesn't have any money. So, you know, the fans have checked out. There's a lot of, of dislike. Attendance is terrible. It's just a bad situation in Atlanta for a program that really should be at least near the middle to the top of the ACC every year. That's a that's a tremendous basketball town in the best basketball conference in the nation, and I feel like they're just kind of wasting away. Um, I, I do think, as another one, there needs to be a conversation between Syracuse and Jim Boeheim, I believe, about how to gracefully step away from him because they'll never fire him. Um, he's been there forever. He's won national championship. Um, he's just kind of a shell of his former self. And now the, the roster is kind of suffering. Um, they don't have the talent that they would typically be used to. And it's happened fairly quickly over the last five to six years or so. I, I just I, I think it's time for, for Behan to go. And another guy in the ACC who's one of my favorite coaches in the country. I think it's time for change of scenery for Mike Bray as well. But again, Notre Dame will never fire him. Um, I don't know if he would be interested in going anywhere else, but Notre Dame, since basically since Bonzi Colson and Matt Farrell left, just it, it, they're a shell of their former self. Um, you know, I had high hopes on this year coming in with with Dang Goodwin and uh, Nate Laszewski uh, but they're they just not getting it done. They're 0 five in the ACC right now. It just seems like Bray has has kind of run its course, and you know, a change of scenery may do him well.
0: All right, great, great answer there. I mean, one thing too, you know, as you mentioned, those last three coaches, Passner, uh, Beheim, and Bray. You know, Bray and, and Beheim, you know, have all, have all this experience. They've had previous success, but um, when you see them on the sidelines, and I'm going to include Passner here because I get this feeling from him too, they just they just don't look that interested to me in what's going on. <laughs> I mean, that's the feeling uh, I get, you know, when, it, when a foul goes against their team, there, there's there's not a whole lot of arguing with the officiating. There, there's not a, you know, especially from Bayheim he used to be, you know, such a kind yeah. of a temperamental guy, and he, he's just kind of there on the sidelines just kind of watching it, and I get the feeling of that from all three of them.
2: Yeah, I, you know, I watched Bray against Carolina yesterday, and he's he still get fired up a, a little bit, but Bayheim I think, is is just kind of checked out i remember when uh when buzz left uh virginia tech a couple years ago you know he he basically vocalized that you know you got to change every five to six years or so just because Stitten's will eventually get stale and i think it's very stale in syracuse right now with pastner josh has never been a you know he doesn't swear he doesn't curse he doesn't do any of that he's he's very low-key is very humble i guess and, and very polite and i don't know if he effectively works the officials very well but um you know he he's always up and moving around but i i just you know you're not going to see like a coach k from out of him where coach k gets right in somebody's face and is doing the whole spitting and screaming and all that but Pasner's is just too too nice of a guy i guess and you and the, again like you said you used to see that from bayhub you don't see it anymore he's usually just sitting there with his with his jaw on the palm of his hand kind of taking it all in so i, I just think you know he's a great coach he's got a, a been great for the game um i disagree with him on a lot of things specifically greensboro but um i just think that it's it's time for for a change in syracuse
0: all right and and as a georgia tech homer my myself i've been on this podcast uh, many times i, I fully endorse the removal of Josh Passner as head coach uh, he's got his ACC title uh, but like you said and and you said it very well you know that was really one good season um, mm-hmm. I've heard other people mention the year before finishing above 500 in the ACC uh, myself I don't really include that because I was not going to be an NCAA team right. and um, you know five times out of seven years he's finished tenth or worse uh, in the in the ACC um, I do think and and like you said I, I think it's very true that the the firing of Jeff Collins and the hiring of Brent Key was the best thing that could have happened to to Passner. Um he he probably should be fired this year, but I think he will survive. Uh, I think and and let me ask you this, do you do you think uh next year will be uh Passner's last year at Georgia Tech?
2: I I would have to look at the bio information. I, I can't remember what his current. He did. I think he just signed an extension last July or, or somewhere in there, but I'm not sure how the money hashes out. But it's. They're, they're famous for. The thing I have And I said this on the radio show that I do with Eric Haslam and Sean Dillon uh, every week earlier this week. It, it shouldn't take seven years to decide if that guy is, is good for yeah. your program. And. the the well-run programs over in the country those guys get three four years tops and if you're not the guy you're out and we're moving on and my frustration with the georgia tech program is for some reason this athletic administration is dead set on trying to be a serious player in college football you're in atlanta you're in the acc you're in a state that produces three to seven program changing basketball recruits every single year. You're not getting any of them. And if they would just make the investment to make a solid coaching hire, that program could generate tons of revenue, tons of profit. It would re-energize that city. It would re-energize that program. And that place, if you've ever been to McCamish, when it's rocking, it's very difficult to play. It's an incredible home court advantage. They just need the investment in the program to make a solid coaching hire. Missouri got Dennis Gates from uh, I believe Cleveland State for 2.7 million dollars and Missouri is now in the top 25 and they're beating ranked teams and they're doing well <laughs> he 2.7 million dollars is not a lot of money in the grand scheme of things and I think Pastner in year seven even after a couple of raises is still only getting about two point3 2 point four million so if you just bump that up a little bit Dennis Gates could be your coach and this made sound unintentionally bad, but I think it's very important for Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets to have an African-American coach in that city. I think that Passner is not a good fit in Atlanta. Um, Just the way he is, that is a, that is a deep-rooted basketball community. Passner is an awkward guy. And when Paul Hewitt was there, who was an African-American, he pulled in a ton of talent from the surrounding areas. Um, granted, Hewitt wasn't a great X's and O's coach, but he also had very good assistant coaches that helped him out. And then they went to the national championship game. So I just think that you have to find a fit. You have to spend some money. You have to find a fit for your city and for your program. And it has to be a high level guy because you're playing in the ACC. You're playing against Carolina, Duke, Virginia, all these games, you know, night in night out, you have to make the right fit and you have to spend some money. And I believe if you spend the right amount of money on the right guy, you're going to get a great return on your investment for that school
0: all right very good stuff um all right michael as we look at the rest of the the acc uh rank the acc teams as we go into the major portion of acc conference play
2: this this may create a little bit of strife but i I still think that carolina is the best team in the conference virginia right behind them at two i would put miami ahead of duke at three and four and then clemson who currently you know i gotta show them a little respect they're currently top of the standings at 5-0 and Uh, I do have the Hokies at six. Pittsburgh, uh, cautiously optimistic, uh, right behind the Hokies. And then I have NC State, which, you know, at 13 and four, I believe. I, I'm not sure if I'm a believer, even though they did just thump Duke, uh, Duke the other night. So I got to give them a little bit of credit there. It's always a great day when Duke loses. Um, Wake Forest, right behind them. And then at the bottom, Syracuse, Florida State. I'm really interested in seeing if Leonard Hamilton can turn this around. Um, You know, they did get the win yesterday against Georgia Tech, but, you know, the talent, ever since James Forrest, uh, no James Forrest, uh, Trent Forrest left, the program has been a little bit in disarray. Uh, Caleb Mills hasn't really panned out the way I thought he was going to Florida State, but, you know, it'd be, you know, Hamilton's a heck of a coach. Charlton Young left Florida State in the offseason to join Dennis Gates at Missouri, so I think you're kind of seeing. Um, the impact of some of the assistant coaching losses that Florida State has endured over the last few years. Um, Young was a tremendous recruiter, dominated recruiting in the state of Georgia. So that's it's going to be a big loss for Florida State. And I have Boston College, Georgia Tech, Notre Dame, and you know Louisville is right now the laughing stock of the Power Six. Um, they just I, I don't know what they're doing at that program, but they have successfully run that program into the into the ground over the last five years or so. So. Um, Louisville I have right now at the bottom, and I just Notre Dame after watching them against Carolina yesterday. I I, I don't know where they go from here, but um, like I said, I I think it may be time for Mike Bray to 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 try somewhere else. I think it might be best for him and for the school.
0: All right, um, you know, and kind of kind of segue into the next question after you rank the ACC teams. You know, how many team how many ACC teams? Um, you know, if the if the selection Sunday was was today, how many ACC teams are in the tournament? And and for the record, the way you uh, discuss North Carolina, I also think that they're still the ACC team with the highest with the highest ceiling. I love Miami mm-hmm. too, and and we know what Virginia is capable of when they get some scoring. But North Carolina still feels like the team that could go furthest in the NCAA tournament.
2: Yeah, I think so. It's um, I, I can't remember the specific statistic I saw, but UNC's uh, assists to field goals made was one of the lowest in the conference, I believe. And, you know, they're playing a lot of one-on-one. And what I saw yesterday against Notre Dame was they really kind of worked the ball to the open man. and whoever, You know, the go-to guy was the open guy. And I, I really liked what I saw from them yesterday. I think they're going to start turning. Especially if Dunn is going to provide um, some production off the bench for them. But now they have Pete who's out with, I believe, a back injury. I think he was available yesterday, but they chose not to play him. So when they get him back, if their bench continues to contribute, uh, I think Caroline's going to be fine. Um, as far as the tournament goes, uh, right now I got six. Uh, UNC, Virginia, Miami, Duke, Clemson. And I, I still think Virginia Tech's going to get in. Um, I I just, I'm a big Mike Young fan. I'm a big Hokies fan this year. I love Padula. I love to watch him play. He's one of my favorite guys to watch in the conference. And then Mutz does kind of everything. So I think Wake Forest may get there. Um, The thing about Wake Forest and the thing about um, NC State is I don't believe they have a a great, uh, especially uh, NC State, uh, a great out-of-conference Play, you know, they did lose to, to Kansas earlier in the season. They did get a win against Dayton, which is which is a pretty good win on a neutral court. They did beat Butler, but I, I just I think you're going to see NC State kind of fade as we get into the depths of ACC play. Um, Wake Forest traditionally, since Forbes has been there, plays a pretty weak schedule. They're at 11 and five right now. They got uh, a bad loss to Loyola Marymount on a neutral floor. I, I, I see them. You know, I see that I love Appleby, like I said, but and I and I think Steve Forbes was the right guy for this job. That's that was their number one option, and they went out and got him. And it's just Wake Force was in such disarray um prior to Forbes arriving that uh, that it's you know, it's a four or five year rebuild. He's gotta get his guys in there. So right now I have six. I think you could get as many as eight, but we're gonna see how uh, how League Play hashes this out, I guess.
0: All right. All right, Matthew, I'm going to turn it over to you as uh, we close out the podcast with our last segment.
1: Open microphone time. Michael, what do you got for us?
2: Well, it's just kind of an extension of what we've kind of been talking about all night. And, you know, the ACC is falling behind the rest of the country due to whether it be stubbornness, arrogance, or just plain bad decisions. Uh, The retirement of Roy Williams and Coach K – and the newly ineffective Mike Bray and Jim Beheim have led the ACC to putting out a worse product than the Pac-12. Um, on certain metric websites, the Mountain West is actually ranked higher than the ACC right now. You know, Georgia Tech, again, prime example of a school that, you know, has a sleeping giant in their basketball program, but they continually just dump millions of dollars into their football program and then say, I don't have enough money for, for a new basketball coaching hire. Um, you know, Clemson. You know, they should have used all that basketball money to to, to bring and lure a high-level head coach um, from the football team that was generating a ton of uh, revenue. You know, you get a high-level basketball coach, and there you do what Texas does. You do what Tennessee does. Um, all these schools in the Big 12 and the SEC are spending money on basketball coaches, and what you're seeing is incredibly deep leagues from top to bottom. Um, instead, they just stick with Brownell because he doesn't make waves for Davo. Um, like I said, Steve Forbes looked like a solid hire, but that's a big rebuild in Winston-Salem. Kevin Keats at this point kind of is what he is. And, and John Shire, even at Duke, is you know easily the best recruiter in the nation, but it, it appears that he may be lacking a little bit in terms of X's and O's. Um, he also, I don't believe, gets this, the, the same level of respect from the officials that Coach K did, obviously. Um, this conference, I think, needs a facelift from a coaching a coaching perspective and like we talked about it's just a matter of program spending money to lure some of these big-time coaches in and and stop with the up-and-comers uh from the mid-major and low major levels and and hope to hit a home run so i think virginia tech did the right thing i think clemson did the right thing um obviously virginia is fine and miami you know is you know no spring chicken so they're gonna have to make a coaching higher hire probably within the next five years so you know Ham also in his 70s so this this conference if they're going to remain the the top basketball conference in the country, um, at least that's what I believe. You know they have that potential. I love the, the the group of teams that we have in this conference. But if they're going to continue to claim that title, they need to step up, spend some money, and make good quality coaching hires.
1: Well said, well said, Jeff. You're up, friend.
0: All right, um, you know, since our last podcast, uh, we uh, a couple of weeks ago, we've had the the ACC uh, bowl season uh, come to conclusion. Uh, so maybe just a quick review of that. Um, and actually, was was pretty pretty decent for the ACC. It was very close to being a, a great bowl season, but you know, a, a respectable one, especially considering uh, some of the results of the last few years. Uh, the, the ACC did finish five and four uh, in the bowl games we had uh, Louisville uh, you know beating Cincinnati 24/7 in an opening game with two two you know interim coaches them in that one but you know good momentum for Louisville to to go into the off season. Uh Wake Forest uh, finishes the Sam Hartman era another eight win season for them with a 27-17 win over Missouri uh, Duke. Mike Elko, thirty to thirteen over Central Florida. Uh, Mike Elko, just absolutely remarkable first season at Duke. No other way to describe it. Um, you know they 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 had a nine and four season. Uh, you know, win the ball game. You know, one of the biggest turnarounds in the in the in the country. They could finish the season in the top twenty five. So you just can't say enough of good things about Duke. Uh, North Carolina goes down twenty eight twenty seven to Oregon. Uh, just kind of collapsed down the stretch. They had that game one uh and then just couldn't make a play late in that game to to stop to stop Oregon there in that one. So kind of the story of their season in that one. Mac Brown, you know, against Oregon, fast start, play well through most of it and just kind of collapse it at the end. That would have been a huge win going into the offseason for them. Uh, Florida State uh, gets a 35-32 win over Oklahoma. Tons of momentum uh, for the Seminoles going into the offseason. Jordan Travis is back. Uh, the defensive inverse is is back. They're, they are loaded. And, you know, we're going to talk about this a ton more before next year. But um, on January 8th, I'm, I'm already looking at them as the ACC favorite going into next. So they got a little bit tougher test than expected against Oklahoma but you know they come through on that one Syracuse uh game effort against Minnesota they were probably outmanned in that game overall uh but I think Dino Babers goes into the off season pretty much where he was going into this season on the, on the hot seat great start to the year uh went went 1 and 6 to to finish the season so you know a little bit maybe too good to let him go now but but he again needs to 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 show something next next year he he had the one magical season a couple years ago but um uh he probably Syracuse and him probably uh, need a need a strong 2023 Clemson Tennessee uh I, I think it's very apparent the talent level that that um QB K came into that game but the coaching staff's got issues Clemson's clearly not among the elite of college football anymore um Pretty. I, w- I would describe them as pretty good now. Where um, they're in that range where they're going to be, you know, ranked from ten to twenty. Um, and Dabo really needs to, you know, we've said it over and over. It's being said by pretty much every college football analyst out there. Dabo needs to look at how he's managing the program um, during the off so far during this this transfer portion of the the um, December and January. They they still aren't making a lot of use of the portal recruiting well, but you know a lot of questions going on at Clemson. Uh, North Carolina State and Maryland, that's been the story of their season at NC State. All defense, no offense, uh, miserable offensive performance against uh, Maryland, though they did in the transfer portal. Hey, talking about using the transfer portal, got uh, Brennan Armstrong coming to NC State for next year, and we know what he's capable of when you build an offense around his skill set. So, um, you know, dis- despite a disappointing 8-5 and five season for, for NC State, that that's a big transfer get for them. And then we're going to finish here on the note of, of the ACC's, uh, a team from the ACC's biggest win during bowl season, and one of the best wins of the season, uh, Pittsburgh uh, against UCLA. A comeback victory against a uh, a top 20 ranked UCLA team, uh, Pat Narduzzi with another nine win season. They've won 20 games the last two years at Pitt uh, from four and four in the middle of the year and kind of wondering, like, was last year a fluke? They go on to to win their final five games of the year, including this this victory. So, hey, you know, Pitt Panthers they are they're on. They've got a foundation built there. You know, this was the kind of game they would have absolutely lost um three or four years ago and you know they got behind against ucla in in that game uh even had a pick six go against them they end up winning winning that one so overall a, a fairly respectable you know not a great bowl season but a respectable one for the for the acc and you know like i said earlier compared to the last few years that's that's definitely a step in the right direction
1: Definitely. I'm going to use my open microphone to ask Michael a question. Michael, which which ACC team should hire Pat Kelsey? Ah,
2: uh, that's a great question. Um, uh, Georgia Tech. <laughs> um, I, you know, he's a he's a fiery guy. He's obviously a good coach. Uh, I think he led Winthrop to, what, 23-2 and a few years ago. So, um, you know, Charleston is, you know, they're in my top 25 that we do independently every week. Um, Yeah, he's going to be a power six coach at some point. And, you know, the way that I think the ACC coaching turnover is going to be over the next probably three to five years, there's a very good chance that he's going to end up in the ACC. But uh, yeah, he's a, he's a heck of a coach, and I think we've been we've been saying that for a while. But he was impressive at Winthrop, and he's he's doing big things at Charleston. too. I
1: mean, I figured that there would be any number of teams you just mentioned a couple of them that have elderly coaches. Miami and Florida State also have some older right. coaches as well. And there could be several. There could be several that are looking at him. NC State may be a possibility. Although Kevin Cates seems to be doing, you know, seems to be doing fairly well this year. He has his team on a run. And, you know, I also thought Clemson may be a possibility too. But then Jeff brought up the prospect that, you know, there's this situation where every year that, perhaps every year that it feels like Brad Brownell's on the hot seat, all of a sudden, bam, he's, he has a good season. And it seems like it's an uncanny knack. But there are several teams out there that would be would be interested.
2: Yeah. You, uh, you know, <laughs> you look at the team, Breno's is they're, they're top the the ACC standings right now, but when you look at who they've played, you know, they played Georgia tech, NC state, Virginia tech without couture, uh, and obviously without rice, but we don't really know what rice is. And then, you know, Pittsburgh, uh, you know, wake forest being the fifth. I, I don't know if I'm a believer in any of those teams with the exception of Virginia tech right now, they've also lost, to south carolina they've also lost to Loyola chicago this year so you know do do we are we sure that clemson's any good um i think right now it's a it's a product of their very very weak schedule that they've played thus far um the the double overtime win against penn state is pretty impressive i think the nittany lions are very very good this year uh with jalen pickett but um you know it's not a very impressive schedule and the the ACC this year isn't very strong and they're playing kind of all the the guys at the bottom with the exception of of Louisville and um, uh, Notre Dame right now. So, uh, you know, we're going to get more weeks. Uh, We get into the third week of January. We'll see what uh, what Clemson actually is, I think.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. Michael, thanks for joining the All Sports Discussion ACC podcast. We Loved having – we've had you on a couple of times where you've opened the new year with us, and it's always fun to have you come back on the podcast, and you're welcome to come back anytime on this podcast. Thanks for joining us tonight.
2: I appreciate you guys having me again. Happy New Year, and uh, let's hope to get all kinds of ACC teams in the tournament this year.
1: Definitely, (laughs) Definitely. Have a great week, guys. Take care.
2: You too.